Welcome to Change by Attraction, a podcast for people who want to create change in their organization on the team level, the department level, or for the whole organization. I'm your host, Esther Derby, author of Seven Rules for Positive Productive Change. To borrow a phrase from medieval scholar Chris Wickham, organizations are not teleological. That is, development does not go to, it goes from. So why am I starting my podcast with a quote from a scholar of the medieval period? Well, for one thing, I read a lot of medieval history. Uh, I particularly like that period because it's often looked at as a time in between, you know, a thousand dismal years in between the Roman Empire and the Renaissance. But the medieval period has its own logic and its own patterns. And it's actually hugely interesting in terms of looking at what echoes and what emerges, what goes from. So this is a good thing to remember when you're trying to change something in an organization. You have to start from where things are now, not with a vision or a hope or a dream. You have to deal with the system as it is, its current capabilities and disposition. So depending on why I'm there, I may look at the organization through the lens of the SEAM model, Check out the link in the show notes. I'll share uh, uh, some information about that. Or I may look at the organization through containers, differences, and exchanges, which is from the work of Human Systems Dynamics and Glenda Oyang. But you also need to pay attention to what's been before, not just what is right now, but what's been before and honor the past. When you enter any new organization or new team, you suffer from what my friend Don Gray calls temporal blindness. You can only see what's there now. But what has gone before is still influencing patterns, beliefs, possibilities. And paying attention to the past can help you understand how things got to be the way they are, which can help you formulate an approach and avoid stepping blindly into some sensitive issues. So there are a couple things that I particularly like to learn about. What was the most recent past change? What was the aim of the change and how did it go? If you're the third or fourth person invited in by management to work on a certain type of change, whether you're coming in as an executive or a manager or a consultant, you can expect some skepticism or maybe even some cynicism which is entirely an understandable response. And no matter what your experience and your expertise, you may, to them, just be the latest flavor. So change, particularly big change, causes big disruption. And so look for signs of that. You may notice that people's emotions are amplified. People may be fearful or confused or angry or giddy. Rumors can also be a sign of a recent disruption because people fill in the gaps with what they're worried about. People may be struggling to do their jobs because the routines that used to work don't work anymore and the networks have been fractured. So people are just struggling to get work done in a reasonable way. They may be kind of randomly trying something, anything, or they may just be stuck this is not a good time to instigate another change. On the other hand, if people are starting to figure things out, 
it may be an excellent time to insert new ideas. Because when things are disrupted, there's a moment where you can slide in new concepts before things reach a state of probably temporary new routine. So even if you disagree with some of the advice given by the previous regime, and remember you're hearing it secondhand, filtered through the dominant mental model of the organization, be selective in what you try to correct. Jerry Weinberg told me a story uh, about one of his consulting engagements. Um, there was a guy who, for all the world, looked like he was undermining their efforts. And Jerry always said that no matter what it looks like, people are trying to be helpful. So he tried to think of a way that what this guy was doing was helpful, but he, he couldn't. I mean, he couldn't see it from an angle where this guy's actions seemed helpful. So he went to talk to him. And at some point in the conversation, Jerry said to him, you know, I'm, tr I'm trying to figure this out. It looks like you're trying to sabotage what we're doing. And the guy admitted that was exactly what he was doing, because it turned out that the executives in that company had been bringing in a new consulting team every six months for at least a couple of years. There had been so many changes and so many new processes that no one was getting much done. And they'd been struggling to get a product out the door for months and months and months. So Jerry changed his approach. Didn't try anything radical. Didn't try anything um, that was a dramatic change. So if you're coming in as second or third person trying to bring change or second or third team trying to bring change, whether it's as a consultant or as a, as a manager or executives, find out what's happened before. Find out what worked and how it's helping and build on that. It's probably best not to try another radically different direction when people are already feeling whipsawed. So the second thing I like to do is invite people to tell their stories. If you can, get people to draw a timeline. That shows the ups and downs over time. This is a great way to get people telling stories and revealing inflection points and events that loom in the collective memory. This is often really interesting, and you can do it on any level, the team level, the division, the whole organization. For a team, you might use prompts such as, how did the team come to be? Who's been on the team? When did people join? When did people leave? What do they know about the team before they got there? For the greater organization, you might ask, when was it founded? Who are some of the legendary figures? What have been the big successes or the big failures? What have been the turning points? When was their innovation? When were their disappointments? And these questions help people start externalizing stories. They'll just start telling you about the organization. And you may find that the spirit and memory of people who are long gone are still affecting the organization or events, good or bad, are echoing after decades. And this actually happens at a much longer span if you look at the greater society. Now, the events may be external. They may be internal. They might involve adding processes and innovations or subtracting them. This is about learning the history and mystery of the organization. Hearing these sorts of stories can explain all sorts of things that otherwise seem inexplicable. It will tell you what they came from. 
And what the organization came from and what it's like now influence where it can go. Organizations don't leap forward toward some abstract potential. They shimmy and they mosey towards the next best thing they're capable of based on what is and what has been. And you'll do much better helping them get there when you take that into account. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Be sure to check out the description for the download. It's an introduction to the SEAM model, one of the lenses I use to understand organizations. Until next time.